Well, once more, this is your warning that we live in a house with animals, and they make noise, so dogs may bark, cats may try to break into the room. I took a cat to the collarbone, prepping the office for yeah. recording. Uh, all the chickens are in bed, they're safely in their, in their coops, I already took care of that, so we don't have to take any breaks for chickens. Anyway, uh, interruptions happen, so just just be aware. This is not what you call professional production values. I, we're doing the best with what we have, honestly. Thinking of professional production values... We swear. Oh my god, do we swear. <laughs> be aware that we swear. Be aware that we're not going to go for anything overly explicit or of sexual nature, etc., etc., etc. It's just that iTunes has this little thing where they only let you set it as clean or explicit, and there's no middle ground like the TV ratings and stuff. So this is your warning that we swear and probably PG 13, but we're not going to get nasty or anything like, not like our other podcasts, <laughs> not like our other podcasts. Well, podcast hidden almanac is, is very, it's very, yeah, very, mild, very mild. Except for the serial killers. Occasionally. So welcome to productivity alchemy episode 56. We are almost at our summer break. Yes. We will be taking two weeks off in August for Worldcon. Yep. I mean, we're not doing a big trip like we did the last couple years, but it's kind of nice to know that we're going to take a break and Worldcon's in there and Jacob is starting school. Yes. In that time period. And so we can focus on that. And uh, I think a little after that, we'll probably be bringing in the new test subject, although I haven't asked him yet whether... He's like another wombat test subject or what? <laughs> so there's all of that. He's not very wombat like. No. We'll we'll figure something out. We're we, he and I are both excited about new Pokemon games coming out for the Switch and new Smash Brothers games coming out for the Switch and that's sort of like my relaxation time after work. Just playing the Switch? Well, yeah, having having a little time to just play uh, Mario Kart has been the big thing, or the Street Fighter 2 30th anniversary, or Street Fighter 30th anniversary collection that has Street Fighter 1 through Street Fighter 3, including Alpha 1 and 2. Oh my god, it's so awesome. <laughs> like, every Street Fighter game except 4 and 5. And I have 4 on my, um, on my Game Boy. Oh, I, I on my in DS. the evenings too, as you, you know. Do? It is, mm -hmm. it is what I do to decompress. I am currently replaying Crashlands, which is just a really well-put-together casual game that you don't have to devote 80 hours at a stretch to, but it's a really lengthy game, so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can pick up, set down, and it's very well and just go harvest stuff, you know, whack little monsters that make silly noises. Oh, the silly noises. But the writing is so good and so funny that it's it's amazing. And it's also, there's actually a very... Uh, it's a really good plot. A really good plot, but there's a very inspiring story behind it. It mm -hmm. uh, was a team that uh, I believe the lead had terminal cancer. Right. And uh, there's a whole thing, uh, you can look it up, Butterscotch Shenanigans mm -hmm. is the name of the team. It is absolutely worth checking out. Uh, it's one of the few games you can buy on mobile that you buy it, and that's it. There is no freemium right. content. There's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. You now own the game. Have fun. Well, the other thing they did that I really like about it, and I'll explain how this relates to productivity in a, a couple minutes. The I'm looking forward to that myself. Yeah. The, the thing I really like about it, though, is that rather than limiting you to, well, you bought it on mobile and your saves are only on mobile, 
or you bought it on Steam and your saves are only on Steam, they actually sync using their own servers. So if I play on Steam, I can be using the same save game I use on my um, uh, the Chromebook as oh, I can I use on that. my phone, as I could use on an iPad, etc. So it's kind of nice in that I don't have to start a new game for every device. Now, let's bring all this back to productivity. I, uh, before we bring it back, mm-hmm. let me just add... The writing is funny, is genuinely funny, and it is sort of a weirdly kind little world. Like it really the, is. It really the, is. The leader of the the Rebel Alliance is a grandmother. It's mm-hmm. an alien grandmother, but you know, it's it's just. Oh nice. yeah, yeah. But I, this all falls into the self care stuff that we talk about, and that is you have to give your brain a rest. Yes. And by you know, even if I'm spending like an hour just sitting there playing Marvel Puzzle Quest or Two Dots, or I just got a new Warhammer 40k strategy game for the computer. It was really cheap, too. I was I was pleased. But that's letting my brain stop worrying about what podcast is next, where I've got to be tomorrow, any of that stuff. Is it's, the world on fire? Is the world on fire? It gives Spoiler me... Spoiler alert, the world is, the world is on, on fire. fire. Yeah. Um, no, it... it it lets us wind down. It lets us get out of the hurry, hurry, rush, rush mindset. Even Mario Kart, which is a racing game, you know, I, I can let it go, you know, a lot there's, like in the morning when I sit with my chickens. There's a sort of uh, tendency that, you know, even your downtime should be self-improving in some ways. Right? I don't know if it's like a holdover of Protestant work ethic, but it's like, okay, what are you doing in the evening? I'm teaching myself a language and reading improving literature. Which, if you want to read the literature, great. If you want to learn the language, more power to you. But it's okay to just do stuff and have fun. I mean, uh, I I think it is in one of the Pokemon games where uh, one of the characters says, time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. No, and... When we talk about self-care, a lot of the times what we think about is, oh, yes, I need to take a break. I need to get out in nature. Maybe I need to run or exercise. I need to eat. Uh, well, and, but- and that's like the, the the almost the advanced level. A lot of it is I need to realize that someone else can fix this problem. I need to take a sick day. I need to, you know, literally mm-hmm. take care of myself. Yeah. And I, I look at the time I spend playing a video game, and I know uh, Shannon who was on here a couple weeks ago, she loves her some Overwatch. Overwatch is is one of her, all right, we're going to step back and we're just going to play for a while to keep our brain from overloading. There's when I have there's a couple of games that when I have been going through a truly reprehensible part of my my life and lord knows I've had a few. Uh there were a couple of games where I and and I new to do this, I guess, which, you know, yay me. Yeah, you. To say, I cannot deal with this anymore. I need to spend an hour playing a game, and then I will deal with my marriage falling apart, we're getting mm-hmm. divorced, whatever. And I would cope for as long as I could cope, and then I would be like, okay, gonna need another hour. And yep. when I had that hour... That was, I am not thinking about any, I'm deliberately not thinking about this. So the game had to be absorbing enough right. that I had to deal with that. And it also had to be like, um, it couldn't be something like Civ would have just, I would have been so, you know, immediately mm-hmm. started thinking about things. 
So, uh, Jade Empire was one of my go-tos. Uh, Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 was is editing. It is not uh, my marriage <laughs> falling apart. Resident Evil 4 is editing. I'm actually surprised you haven't picked up a new, new copy. Uh, I haven't had any truly agonizing edits for a while. Oh, well, there we go. Then. Also, I've had some very absorbing games. You so. have. You, you, you've, you've been through Stellaris. You've been through... Well, no one goes through Stellaris. You just start a game of Stellaris, and then uh, eventually you abandon the game of Stellaris. I was going to say several times. Uh, you did times. finally finish um, Subnautica. Subnautica. Yes. Yeah, I am. I am the big gamer in the household. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm mean, which is not to say you are not a gamer. I'm not. I'm not. You know, doing a a no. line between. You know, I am a real true gamer, and you are merely a casual fanboy. Uh, we we have different gaming interests. I go yeah. for the tactical stuff like the Warhammer 40k. You go for uh, the much more first persony, experiencey things. I mean, yes, I loved watching you play Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, which was an incredible game with an incredible story. I recommend it highly. Uh, yes, very much so. But not your kind. Not of. really. Yeah, I, and maybe that's. Well, part of that is I love you, dear, but you're shit at ammo conservation. I really am. <laughs> I really am. Uh, but uh, driving yeah. games, you know, games where I can just sort of let myself do a thing. Whereas I would rather mm-hmm. chew ground glass than play a driving game. Right. And the wait time, I'm sure, for building new units in a in one of my 40... The only strategy game you really play is Civ. Uh, well, Stellaris is also a strategy mm-hmm. game, but yeah, but it's even one step removed from that. I mean, I played Heroes of Might and Magic and all right, the rest, right. but yeah. Anyway, we're, we're anyway. getting far afield. But that's, the, the whole idea, though, is, is these are things we're passionate about, and we used to take breaks. And as, that's okay. And it's fine. You I know? mean, I, I'm not, uh, no, people are all like, oh, you look back in, in on your deathbed and go, I didn't play enough video games. No, probably not, but I'm also going to look back at my deathbed and go, thank God I didn't have four heart attacks. And that's that's really the key part in all of this is you have to let have somewhere for that stress to just go. If you keep it bottled up, you're going to have a heart attack. Yeah. You're going to have high blood pressure. Trust me, I know this. <laughs> you're going to have complications from diabetes if you happen to have diabetes. All of this stuff because as I, I, mm-hmm. when I went into my doctor after my divorce, and I was like, okay, everything is better, I'm not getting sleep paralysis, and my carpal tunnel is cleared up. And, okay, I will give you that the carpal, that the, the, the sleep paralysis was right. stress. The heart palpitations definitely stress, but the carpal tunnel, and she just looked at me and said, stress is a hell of a drug, and mm-hmm. it breaks everything. Yeah. So, yes, your carpal tunnel could improve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, no, I've, I've actually seen uh, several improvements since I changed jobs. Oh, yeah, 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 you seem much happier. Yeah, well, not just that, but if I used my trackball in certain positions, like sitting on the bed with it, mm-hmm. for more than an hour, my arm would start to hurt. You know, if I used it even on this desk in my nice setup where I've got everything, my arm would start to hurt. That has gone away. So It's weird things mm-hmm. that where you carry your stress, mm-hmm. like, can cause very weird things. And when you say it out loud, it sounds insane. Like, you know, yes, my divorce cured my carpal tunnel, but stress is weird. You hold stress weird places. If you're tensing up your shoulders the entire time because you're miserable, you know, some of your tendons way down the line are going to get wiggy. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I believe that is the scientific term. 
Probably. Yes. And the high blood pressure thing, I mean, we already know stress can exacerbate or, like, worsen or even cause high blood pressure. Oh, yeah. But high blood pressure itself has impacts all over your body that are completely separate from just, yeah, you're going to have a heart attack. I mean, you'll have, you, you end up with problems at your extremities from blood flow. There was, um, the whole discussion in, I think it was, was it stuff you should know that had that whole diabetes discussion? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think so. About, yeah. yeah. The, the tremor and the, the, mm -hmm. the, uh, lack of feeling in the extremities and yeah, yeah, which cause, you know, wounds and all kinds of horrible things. Right. But all of that goes back to poor blood flow because you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. And this is all, this is why we play video games. Why I don't consider video game time wasted. Yeah. Why a lot of the authors or, you know, other professionals I know don't consider it wasted. Or one of my coworkers actually is a musician and he doesn't have a band right now, but that doesn't mean he stopped playing. Yeah, the, the, right? the famous barista of my famous coffee shop, mm -hmm. which will be coming back hopefully at the end of the summer, right. uh, is a musician. Mm -hmm. He makes no money on it, and but he, you know, is like, yeah, you know, I, I spent the weekend noodling around on the piano, or I spent mm -hmm. it, you know, working on something on guitar, because that's what he does for joy. Yeah. We can't, uh, you know, all use arguing on the internet as both a vent as to and as a, a way to charge our batteries before we go right. Hey, look, system works. System works. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing that the system works. I got nearly two thousand words written today. <laughs> <laughs> and you did you beat somebody up verbally on the internet? Oh, there's so many. Yeah. Uh, I didn't start that till later when somebody started uh, trying to give me shit about uh, Richard Dawkins. So there we go. See, yeah. and it's it's. But what you do to release your stress, as long as it's legal in your municipality or state <laughs> of residence, and doesn't make anyone else miserable, and doesn't make anyone else miserable, is fine. I know that. Look, let's be honest. If we lived in Washington State or Colorado or one of the weed legal states, I would probably be. You know, okay, I'm off work. I am. It's time to chill. Let me have maybe a small edible to. Relax and just let go. You know, uh, I tried to do all the recording sober, so it would have all wait until after, and I'd probably sleep better at night. Mm -hmm. But it's not legal here, so, you know, I find other ways. I do other things. Like video games. Like video games. I would probably still play video games. There's no way I wouldn't <laughs> play video games. I watch a lot of videos on the Tri Channel off hours. Tri Channel? Yeah, that's the replacement for the Facts Channel with the Irish people Try. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I never got into YouTube videos as a the, thing. I know some people love to watch them. I'm just like, Kevin will show me a funny one. I'm like, yes, that is indeed hilarious. And then I'll watch six more by the same creator. Um, and I'll yeah. play Stellaris. And you'll play Stellaris. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so that's that's it. It's important. Oh, but what did we do this week? Other than so what did we, uh, well, uh, we recovered one. We recovered from Anthrocon. Yes. There was a lot of that to do. There was a lot of putting away to do. We finally we got the con kit unloaded. Oh god. We got that sort up to the of, studio. Mostly. I I framed a bunch of art yesterday. You framed a bunch of art. When I die in the ditch next to Walmart and someone has to clean out my studio, by God, they will find framed art. Yeah, I have you know gotten more settled into my office and put up some of the art. I I got in the sleeves for the chicken drawings I got at Anthrocon. 
Yes. So those are now safely in the notebook set aside for them and not just potentially falling out and getting smushed on by a cat. Fucking cat. And <laughs> I have made plans to reorganize my studio in like a month or so. And you, you actually did some of the clean out for that too. Yes. Yes, I did. Right. I, I moved stuff around, mm -hmm. piled up trash. At some point, I will even t I move boxes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I did not get done so far since last week that I need to do is I haven't gotten out to the chicken coops and raked up the poop. And it's not a big thing, but it's something that needs to be done. And I'll probably do it tomorrow because there are a hundred pounds of sand in the back of my two fifty pound bags of sand are in the back of my Camaro. Indeed. Sand vacuums up. I know what you're thinking. Sand vacuums up a lot better, a lot easier than manure. You're still not allowed to put manure in the back of the Camaro. Blah, blah, blah. No manure in my fancy car. Blah, blah. That's why we got the pickup. <laughs> All right. I got stuff done this week. I wrote. Yeah, you wrote, I wrote words. You wrote a lot. I did not write at all this month because mm -hmm. of the con until literally last Friday. Right. And that is okay because I was about to be at a con. And this is part of the thing. Conventions do cost some productivity in other regards. That's mm -hmm. that's just life. You know, uh, I can't prep intensively for a convention and also write a thousand words a day. Other people can. I'm very impressed by those people. I am not those people. And that is fine. I have, however, been really appreciating Wonderlist because mm -hmm. I can look back and see so easily what my word count has been. And I mean, I wrote this weekend mm -hmm. as well, uh, nor I don't expect myself to make word count on uh, the right. weekends, but it's nice when I do. So I can be like, hey, I knocked out nearly 2,000 words today. Hey, I did really good yesterday. Hey, mm -hmm. Or hey, Tuesday, uh, I did not write hardly anything. Right. But it was one of those days where I did all the fiddly stuff related to being an author, which is I have to send an invoice. I have to answer these five emails. I have to sign this contract for the translation rights for Tomato Thief into Spanish. I have to, which involves going through the contract that the, it's it's written in Spanish, <laughs> but the nice translator translated it for me. He's like, here, okay, hold the, take the contracts. You've got the two side by side. This is what each one says. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's uh, great. Uh, but this is, this is time consuming. You know, yeah, I have to yeah, write yeah. an author's note for the book I just handed in, uh, which again, happy to do it. I guess that does count as writing since it was like 600 words, but, you know, has to be done. Uh, lots and lots of just fiddly little things that are part of the work of being a writer that do not involve, you know, actually sitting down and writing epic storylines about wombats or whatever. And that's and it's, it's important to understand that all of it balances out, right? Productivity is productivity. And I don't know if it balances out. Well, <laughs> that's why some people hire personal assistants. I think it was Neil Gaiman who said it, that at one point he realized he had stopped becoming a person who wrote books. He had become a person who answered emails. Right. So he hired someone to answer the emails and went back to writing books and was much better for it. Which is great if you mm -hmm. make Neil Gaiman kind of money. <laughs> yeah, but there, but that's that's sort of the trade-off, right? Is you can be productivity in a particular area. 
or, or productive in a particular area or the other area. Like, you were productive art-wise getting ready for the con. Oh, yes. You were productive word-wise before that and after that. Yesterday, you were productive on the business side, which cannot be neglected. Also, I uh, did line edits on a fairly lengthy book, it occurs to me, which is not something I mentioned, I wrote down. But that was like two or three days just of mm-hmm. going through the book, thing by right. thing, going, yeah. But we often think of productivity as I have a, a specific thing I need to get done. And if I'm not doing that one thing and only that thing, I'm not being productive. Right. Well, Everything fact, else is distraction. There right? are lots of kinds of work and mm-hmm. the work of... The business end of the writing is just as important as writing the book. I wish it wasn't because it's not fun. Writing is often not fun, but it's not fun in a different kind of way. <laughs> there is, you know, going through the Spanish language contract is never going to be fun. No. The number, Mildly and hilarious, but not fun. I've been through employment agreements, and I go through paragraph by paragraph. I'm not a lawyer. But I've had to learn enough to understand when and where I'm getting screwed on these things over the years. So, no, I understand. Reading those contracts is not fun. Necessary, productive, not fun. Also, this is my free bit of advice for freelancers everywhere. Just save a damn invoice template so you don't have to keep going and finding one on the internet every time you need to send one. Did you save a template this time? So that's a no. I must have because I found one. Yeah, no, no, I found one in the thing that said invoice, and I that so I just pulled out the old one from like 2016 and erased all the numbers and the name and put okay, it in. Okay, well, yeah, that that works then. And that they works. PayPal'd me immediately, so you know it's all good. It's all good. They just needed yes. a paper trail, and that's also understandable. So with all that, I think we've talked that one to death. It is time to get to our interview. This week, I had the pleasure of sitting down and talking to my cousin, Susan, about what she does and how she stays productive. And this is something I've wanted to do since we first started talking about some of this stuff when I launched the podcast last year. Yep. I didn't know how how much she did as well and how similar we were. So there's a little bit of comparing notes here, a little bit of family stuff in there, but all of it publicly consumable, obviously. But it was great to be able to sit down with her. She didn't tell them about being a direct descendant of Attila the Hun. I'm not, we're not direct descendants as far as, well, I mean, we could be because by now lots of people could be <laughs> with the law of genetic and all that. But any, anyway, 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 anyway. The whole idea is that I got a chance to sit down and talk to Susan. I'd wanted to talk to Susan for a while and the stars aligned and it was just great. And so I look forward to sharing that with you, which will happen right after this. Hi folks, 
I am here with my cousin today, my cousin Susan Anderson. She is my oldest cousin and someone who, you know, I've spent a lot of time with when I was much younger. And I think we share a lot of like genetic and family traits when it comes to things like notebooks and paper and, and organization and things like that. And I'm really excited to have her talk to you guys this week. So, Susan, can you introduce yourself and tell us kind of uh, like a little bit more about what you do? Because I I know, but I don't want to fudge it. Okay. Um, I work as an educational coach for Head Start teachers. And then I also have a part-time job uh, my roommate owns a childcare center, so I do her books, and I also do things like um, design graduation certificates and different things like that that come up through the year. And then in my spare time, I scrapbook and make cards and do art journaling. And so, yeah, you've been doing the you've been involved in the childcare industry for many years. Yes, thank you for pointing that out, that I'm your older cousin. And, yes, I've been involved in early education. Yeah, that was very nice of you. Um, I've been involved in early education for about 35 years now, yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for that wow, too. That's that's all right. Uh, I'll you know. be, I'll be using my cane now, thank you. Never, as, as Ursula said, never do the math, uh, which she has to remind me on a weekly basis, especially when talking to my own teenage son. So never yeah. do the math. Yeah. Some of, some of the children that I worked with at the beginning now have children of their own. And yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all good. I was going to say Ursula's. It's a great field to be in. Yeah. Um, one of Ursula's, uh, common, common, uh, refrains is they come up and they say oh i used to love your art when you were on such and such and i was in high school would you like to will you sign my daughter's copy of dragon breath <laughs> or can i buy you a drink um yeah 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 so uh, with all that going on how do you keep yourself organized um when i'm at work Thanks to your podcast, I use the Emergent Task Planner. Ooh. It helps me. Yeah, love it. It helps me keep track of every single thing. And when I'm at work, we have to um, keep track of how much time we spend doing specific things, like how many, how many hours a day I'm doing instruction, how many hours a day I'm doing coaching, how many hours a day I'm doing just paperwork or entering things into databases. So the, uh, that plant, that planner helps me do everything. It helps me calculate everything right down to 15 minute increments. So it's been fantastic. And then at home to try to keep everything pulled together, um, use a shared Google calendar. And then, um, again, thanks to your podcast for my scrapbooking, I use OneNote a lot. Uh, that holds all the stories, ideas for stories. I can actually just type the journaling in there and then load my photographs right into that, and everything's ready to go when I'm ready to go. 
And then I also just bought a new planner called a Time into Do Planner. I have not started using it. It Ooh. doesn't start until the month of August. But it actually is going to allow me to track things for the month. But then it has a section where I can do it weekly and put in like what I want to accomplish each week. And I get to pick like what the themes are going to be. So I want to start tracking some things for my wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the everyday tasks you have to do, you know, what I need to buy, those kinds of things. So I'm going to try that um, and see how that works for me. Oh, I'm I'm excited. I'm going to be really excited to hear how it goes. And I'm going to go, I'm going to have to go find one and, and look at it. Yeah. I don't even know how I stumbled upon that when it was something through the internet and, I ordered it, so I'm I'm really excited to see, you know, see if that helps me kind of pull the life stuff together instead of just having bits and pieces of paper where I'm like, oh yeah, I needed to go buy that thing. Now what was that thing? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm familiar with with that problem and have been, you know, yeah. <laughs> and 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 part of my ongoing is is getting it. You know, part of the reason I do the podcast is to help keep myself together. So. Oh, well, see, that would work. <laughs> yeah, good idea there. <laughs> there we go, yeah. I, and I'll be honest, it's also an excuse to buy office supplies. I would definitely like that because um, I share your love of office supplies. As you know, I yeah, pens, pencils, um, yeah, anything I can get my hands on, notebooks. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in, in all of that, um, what systems and habits are valuable to you? Um, at work, every Friday, I sit down and make, and I go back to old school paper. I just sit down on my computer and I write out a to-do list. It changes every week, but I still sit down and do that. I find that that is the most effective thing I can do. Things come on the list, they go off the list, and I categorize things by what I have to do for coaching, things that I have to do for um, different parts of my job. So I just categorize things and then add and delete as I need to. And then every Sunday morning, um, I was doing a sheet of paper but now I'm going to start using this planner and I'm going to list, you know, here are the goals I want to accomplish this week for my health. Uh, Here's the events that are coming up this week that I need to pay attention to. Here are the things that I need to go by this week for appointments I have. So I'm going to just continue that doing that on, on Sundays. Um, So so kind of of like a weekly review. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then scrapbooking wise, I try to make sure my photos get downloaded into my computer every month. And then from there, I pull out the ones that I'm going to use to make something. Mm-hmm. And then those I, I transfer into OneNote. My journaling happens a lot. I, I'm pretty good about if something happens, I'll just sit down and write about it when I have time. So the journaling part may be already in OneNote, and then it's just a matter of making sure I get the pictures over where they need to be. And then the next part of the problem is always finding the time. Uh, so Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
they sit in there for a month or two or three or four. Um, <laughs> I I understand. Yeah. Out really quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I like that system because it stays in there, and then when I have the time and I'm ready, then everything's right there where I need it. Awesome. <clears throat> so, um, what about the uh, the best advice or feedback you've been given? Um, don't say no for other people. Don't say no for someone. Oh, wow. Because a lot of, I, I, I used to be one of those people that I would be afraid to ask somebody something. So I would just automatically, that was an automatic no from that person. And somebody told me one time, don't do that. Go ahead and ask them the question. Ask them what it is that you want them to do because you're automatically saying no. And if you go up and ask them, they might say yes. And she was right. That's wow. That's see now that's that's one I never that never really sunk in that that by not asking what I'm actually doing is I'm saying no in their place. Yes, yeah, that was a huge piece for me, and that was very early on in my career, and uh, that that opened up a lot of doors for me because I stopped saying no for people and I just would go ask people things and nine times out of 10, they would say yes. And they would, you know, things that I never thought people would have said yes to, they would be like, sure, we'll come do that thing or we'll come help you with that. Or we'll be willing to speak there. And I never would have asked them in the first place. So it was a great piece of advice. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna have to add that one to my list along with "Perfect is the enemy of done," and um, oh well, you know all the ones I, I usually I usually say. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was one of the most unusual ones that anybody had ever told me. And um, another one somebody gave me one time was I was supposed to volunteer for something and I couldn't, and I felt bad about that. And she said to me. Well, don't because you're creating an opportunity for somebody else to volunteer, and that kind of flipped my whole mind at that point. I was like, "Oh, I never thought about that. If I back out, that does create an opportunity for somebody else to volunteer." Then, and then I was like, "Oh, well, then I'm not going to feel bad." <laughs> wow! See, this is this is heavy stuff, man. This is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been fortunate to have some good people in my life give me good advice. So. Yeah, really. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not that far behind you. I know you're not. I know you're next in line. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're not. No, it's it's. Yeah, you are. I was going to say it's it's you. You're Shelly, isn't it? Uh, I thought it was no, you. It's my brother and I. Yeah. Your brother, and then I think I was next. I don't remember if it was me or Shelly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it so, was. Yeah. Uh, for those who are wondering, they're they're of, of my my grandfather on my father's side, which who is is my you know um, Susan's and my grandfather. He had one, two, three, four, um, seven grandchildren, and so Susan yeah. was the first. I was the third. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is yeah, funny. Yeah, we were still the two. We're- we're still the two best out of all of them. Oh, well, yeah, that, that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, we are the two coolest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what what would uh, what would our grandfather say if he saw me now with the with the tattoos? It's just you know. 
You know, I think he'd be so proud of you, though, with all the technology and all the different things you've done in your life. I think he'd be just amazed. And I think the tattoos would pale in comparison to everything else. <laughs> though, really. That's... I think he'd just be so amazed. Like, I think this whole podcast stuff, I think he'd just be blown away by it all. Yeah, and and for yeah. for those listening at home who I, I haven't really talked about this, but one of the the formative uh, memories I have is all of the audio equipment my grandfather oh, had in yeah. his in his study, um, and you know, real to real players, cassette players. Um, he at the end of his life, he was buying CDs and getting it because it was uh, always audio and. Uh, I think Susan, you commented when seeing photos of my office that it's a lot like his, his, um, oh yeah, his space was. I mean, it's cluttered, but I kind of know where everything is, and everything sort of has a purpose. And from the old, old computers yeah, in the corner to the to the new stuff that's sitting on my current desk, yeah. Well, he was what late seventies, early eighties, and he bought two or three computers. Yeah, he bought the original Radio Shack. Back in the day, we TRS had one yep. Yeah, so, I mean, even as old as he was then, he was interested in that technology and knew it was going to be important. And, yeah, so oh, yeah. I think he would be, he'd be amazed with all of it. Yeah, he'd really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, I'm, I'm sure yeah. he would. Um, yeah. One day, one day we'll have to sit down and we'll have to, we'll have to go back and see if we can figure out what his organizational method was, because I don't know if anybody knows. Oh my gosh! I'm sure he had it though. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I. I. Yeah, that would be interesting to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've we've been on a tangent now. Um, yeah. How do you decide what to start on on a given day? The new question. Okay, if it's work, I don't really have to decide because usually that's decided for me. You know, usually somebody set a priority somewhere for me. So I just pretty much go with whatever the priority is for that day. Um, If it's home and it's crafty-wise or creative-wise, I I generally go with whatever's inspiring me at that moment. And that's why some of those stories – just sit there longer than others because it just depends on the day and my mood and you know what I want to want to work on that day um I just started doing some art journaling and I found that I really like that so that's not taking precedence over telling scrapbook stories um you know my nephew got engaged and that was a story I wanted to tell right away so you know, it just depends. My dog can do something silly and, you know, I'll go, hey, I really got to, you know, this is something I got to do. And, and that'll be the thing that I have to do that day. So it, it just is whatever really seems to be captivating and interesting to me that day. A lot of people, and I, I don't know how many of your listener, listeners like scrapbook or memory keep, but a lot of people go very chronologically. Mm-hmm. I don't do that at all. I, it's whatever happens to you know, inspire me that day. I don't do anything by, oh, well, this is what happened yesterday. I have to scrapbook it. This is what's going to happen. You know, this was the birthday. I don't work like that at all. Right, right. So, And and you've always been, I mean, you've always of, sorry, folks, of all the grandchildren, you, you were always sort of the most artsy or artistic. 
Yes. Yeah. I think I inherited that down both sides of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's side of the family has that. Grandma had it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I came by it really naturally. And it was definitely encouraged in me from a really young age. You know, that, you know, paper and crayons was a love. I, I, you know, I joke with people even now. I, I'm still playing with crayons, paper and scissor. And I'm like almost 60 years old. So I'm good. You know? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, I found my passion really early. Um, <laughs> all right. And now we're, we're down to the last two. Do you want the easy one or the hard okay. one first? Oh, always give me the easy one. All right. Um, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? You know, I read this question earlier today, and this is a really tough one for me because I really don't celebrate my successes. And then I thought about it a little bit more. And what I really do is I tell people when I've done something, like when I, when I finish a really big task and I at work and I finish it, I tell people about it because I want to hear their positive praise. <laughs> um, like, good job. You did that. Um, when I do something in the crafting realm, I let my friends that are crafty know, or I'll share it with them. Um, if it's a non-crafty friend, I will sit them down and say, now I'm going to tell you about this, and I want you to ooh and awe about it, because I know you don't understand, but I have to tell somebody, and you have to ooh and awe, because this is really cool what I just did. Um, so that's really how I celebrate. I just want to be able to share it with somebody and have them give me some type of feedback about it. And and I see as as often as Facebook allows me to see because you know how that works. I mean, I, I see the updates yeah. as as you know that hey, here's my new scrapbook project. Here's the new you right. know the new dog, all that stuff. I see that come across, and and you always seem. I mean, it it it's always very uh, affirming, as it were. Um, very Instagram positive. has been really good for that. Oh yeah, um, I just did the hundred day project for the first time. And that that had that was a really positive experience. You know, I've never really shared most of what I've done, so to have to share things for almost a hundred days was really interesting. But it was really good too. I like that. And it it broke up my feed of constant chickens. I'm sure. Well, yeah, but you know the chickens are good. I like the chickens. <laughs> the, the, the chickens have really good qualities, and they make me feel positive and. You know, let's face it. Sometimes there's not so much positive in the world, so the chickens are good. <laughs> that's that's reasonably, yeah. You know, that's that's a piece of feedback I get a, a, an awful lot, and I didn't realize when I first encountered a chicken that just being able to sit outside and watch chickens be chickens would be so restful. Yes, and just watching your chickens is nice because it's it's just them doing what they do. And it, it's calming. It's it's very nice. It's not, you know, there's nothing political about it. There's no agenda. They're just them. Yep. And and That's as an added it's, bonus, it's yeah, as an added bonus, you don't have to keep the chickens. I'm doing all the hard work, too. No. See, it's, <laughs> it's like working in childcare. I get to enjoy thousands of children throughout my lifetime, but nobody comes home with me. I get love and adoration, and it's perfect. 
it, it worked. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That is fair. Yes. <laughs> Except when you're getting hit or somebody vomits on you, those kind of things, you know. But well, you know, you got to take your chances. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's it's funny. I I was uh, you know. My kids had outgrown the stage where I needed to worry about them vomiting on me and all of that. And then I started working security at fandom conventions. And now I have to worry about attendees vomiting on me. And so I'm like, what did I give up here? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) There's always something. (laughs) Always something. All right. Flip side of the coin. Um, How do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Um, I tend to overanalyze everything in my life. So I would do the same thing with that. I look at, you know, what worked, what didn't work, what would I do differently next time? Um, if it's really something where I made the majority of the mistake, you know, I would feel probably a little crappy about that for a while. But overall, I just, I don't really think in terms of failure most times. I think more... It was a learning experience, and then I try to pull from that. You know, what could I have done differently? What can I take forward from this thing? Um, And then just kind of move forward from it. But I will generally just analyze it and pick it till I figure it all out. That's. But I tend to do that with things. I was going to say that's possibly the healthiest response I've I've heard in many cases. (laughs) Well. Okay. <laughs> as as compared to my own, which is, you know, which is beat it to death and then five years later beat it some more and then, hey, look, <laughs> antidepressants are a joy. Oh, don't worry. I take those every day, too. Oh, all right, then. Hey. Apparently, that, that runs with us, too. You know, that's fine. <laughs> I got that whole anxiety, anti, you know, depression thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's 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 yeah. nice that people are starting to talk more about it and and not put like a a stigma on it where we're like oh yes I have to I have to be real secretive about it. I have to take my pill or I can't you know or, or things and that society is becoming more acceptive of it as this is an actual chemical imbalance um, it's not just a psychological or you, it's not just a oh well you know if you smile all the time you won't feel sad kind of thing right. I, I agree with you completely. I think that for a long time, and, and I can say this because I am a few years older than you, I think for a long time it was something people hid and it was a weakness in you. And then I think there was a turning point where it became like, yes, there is some component in your brain that's just not right. And you have to, if you want to function and function well or better, then you need to take medication. And it took me a long time to understand that. And I finally had a doctor one day say, if you had a broken leg, wouldn't you put a cast on it? And I said, yes. And she said, this is your cast. You uh, need to take this pill. Yeah. Or, or in the case of, I mean, I know you're type two diabetic, like I'm type two diabetic. The doctor's saying, look, if you take this pill every day, like you're yeah. supposed to, it will, it will, yeah you know, prevent all of these other things going wrong. Right. And then you have to get in the habit of taking the pill. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for a long time there was a real stigma with, you know, having anxiety or having depression. And that's, that's one thing that I've liked listening to your podcast because you guys don't 
you know, you're right out there with it. And that's nice. I think for people that do have anxiety and depression, it's great to be able to hear it and to talk about it. And you don't, you don't have to hide about it. It's like, you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and while there's still going to be, uh, you know, some societal stigma with it, I, I really want to normalize it more. If you know, this is like any other chronic condition you have a pill that can fix oh, it yeah. why you know why are you not taking your pill that can fix it why are you walking around with you know a, a, a broken leg all the time yeah yeah and and it's and it's hard too because i think i think also because and because i've seen this a lot lately um and i don't know that everybody always understands this depression is a disease that gets in your mind and you don't think like you normally think and it can cause some really severe results where people will take their own lives. And, you know, if, if you can tell me that you're depressed, but you don't want to take any medication for that, you're just going to tough it out and you're going to be okay. Well, no, take the medicine, you know, because, you know, I've been in that funk where I was depressed and, you know, I know my brain wasn't thinking the way it was supposed to. I know my thoughts weren't like my regular thoughts. And and it, and it is a disease. It changes you. It changes the way you think. And, you know, go to the doctor. Yeah. Get some help. Go talk to a therapist. Find somebody. Do, do the care that you need to do to get what you need to because everybody's valuable. Everybody needs to be here, you know. There's, yeah. there's a reason we're here. You got to do it. You got to figure that out. And, you know, going to talk to a therapist or a counselor and getting some medication and figuring out what path you're supposed to be on. And, you know, that, that, those are certainly more, those are much better options than anything else that depression is going to leave you with. And yeah, no, it's, it's funny. There was um, a point when I think the meds really started to kick in for me and I was able to look back and go, oh, wow, I, I feel like myself yeah. again, and this yeah. is not, I can now be the person who I feel like I should be and not whatever it was that was causing me to be that that horrible, angry, sad, you know, unhappy person, right? Just yeah. Just like lifting a fog, peeling a fog off. Yeah, and I think when you're in it, I think it's really hard to understand. I, I think it's exactly like you described. I don't think you really understand how far in it you are. Like my friends and I describe it as, you know, we go down the rabbit hole, and, and sometimes I'm really clearly aware that I'm going down the rabbit hole and I'm, or I'm in the rabbit hole, but sometimes I'm so far in the rabbit hole I can't tell that I'm in there. And, you know, I just know I, I need to go get some help right now. Yeah. And, um you know, and then when you come back out or you start to come back out, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is who I am again. This is how I'm supposed to feel. Okay, this is good, you know. But I think that's part of the thing is if you don't recognize it, then you're just kind of stuck in that cycle and you don't really see it. And sometimes when people around you and they care about you and they're telling you, you're like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, but um, you know they're they're just tricky things, and and I think the other thing too, when you do have 
I, I don't know about for you, but for me with anxiety and depression, you know, I always have to watch myself. Stuff's going to happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just have to be a little extra cautious than most people are um, because it's just, you know, it's just kind of part of my makeup. And I know if I'm going to go through something, um, you know, through a major stress or something, I have to watch it a little bit more. Yeah. I got to, you know, sleep a little more, do a little more self-care because, you know, that is part of my makeup and I'm going to have to watch it, you know, a little bit more. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to get out those rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm usually the one who's, who's sitting there going, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the dog drinking coffee while the world is burning around. I'm going, Oh no, this is fine because I'll, I'll just sit there yeah. <laughs> and, and accept what's going on around me and like, Oh yeah, this is perfectly normal. Even though it's becoming more and more abnormal with my, my last job is a, a real case in point as it really started to, I became desensitized to what was going on in the group and with, I'm not going to say with my coworkers, but with the situation I was in and I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is great. And it wasn't until like a month after I was out of it um, that I realized, oh, hey, I'd been skating burnout for a couple months. Um, and wow, I, I should have, you know, done this change years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I had that happen the last place I worked and and even now, like I, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine about I you know, I think that I need to change some things in my life because I think some things are pulling too much of my energy away that I'm not enjoying other parts of my life and I think I need to really look at at making some changes and but I you know, you get and you do, you get caught up in stuff and you just think oh, well, this is the way it should be because you're just in it and you think mm-hmm. that's normal. And then, you know, you step away for two seconds and you go, I, I, I don't really know that other people's jobs are like this or <laughs> I don't know that other people live like this. So maybe <laughs> you need to rethink this in two seconds, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's perfectly yeah. normal to be on a team of, of you know, uh, five people and working 12, 14-hour days to keep up. That's That's perfectly normal. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, you should come home completely burnt out and tired and not have any energy for anything. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. it's it's worse when you work from home because then it's like, yeah, I'm dragging myself out to eat dinner and then all I can do is you know flop down and stare at YouTube videos for you know until I'm basically unconscious, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Working, I. You know, when you hear about people working from home, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because you think, oh, they got it made. You know, they're working from home. It's so easy. But at the same time, it doesn't stop. It's it's 24-7, really, in some ways. It's, you know, yeah, you're you, at home, but it, it doesn't really let up. You, you have to set boundaries, and that's why I have a separate laptop with a separate monitor. It's the same desk. It's a giant desk. But there is a separate space that is dedicated to that's where I do my my work day job. And then this other half that I'm on right now is where we do all the D&D games and I do the recordings and all that stuff. So that oh, there's good. Yeah. 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 So there's like a mental, not just not just a, a physical, but also a way to kind of get myself into a mental separation between, OK, if I'm on that side of the desk, I'm working. If I'm on this side of the desk, I might be working, but not on that job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's everything. That's awesome. Yeah. That uh, was very painful. 
I, I try to make it as painless as possible. Um, do you have anything <laughs> anything else you want to share with uh, with the listeners? Um, I can't really think of anything right now. Okay. Well, then, um, hey, thank you so much. I'm actually really glad that, well. that you said okay to this, because I'm looking at my list of people I want to interview, and uh, now I get to check you off that list. <laughs> I'm really glad, because I can't tell you how many times I've listened to other people be interviewed, and I've had these imaginary interviews with you in my head. You know how other people like practice to win an Academy Award. I'm like practicing to be interviewed by Kevin. So now I can check this off my backup list. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm both flattered and a little terrified. So, <laughs> Yeah, but it's okay. You know, I have a very odd imagination and I'm okay with that. And I'm sure you're already well aware of that because you know me like, you know, your yep. whole life. So I was it's all good. <laughs> gonna say and and no, I know you because we there's a lot of of genetic similarity there and and, yes. and comparing notes with you, comparing notes with my sister, comparing notes with my cousin, I can tell which traits are coming from which side of the family now. <laughs> yeah, we we know where all the weird ones came from, I think. Or a lot oh, yeah. a lot of the weird ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. But that's okay. All right. Thank you so much, Susan. You are very welcome. And uh, and for the people listening at home, we'll be right back. are back i it was really great to catch up with susan last night we talked for like another half hour after the interview was done and i think we're probably gonna start talking like on skype or something back and forth a little bit more did you cover the the critical things like the food of your people uh we actually no. one of the questions that came up during the during the discussion was our grandfather was you know, a CEO, he had a whole lot of stuff going on, and... Was this the one who couldn't walk down the street without 20 people stopping to talk to him? No, that that's my mother's father. This okay. is my father's father, who, like, I, I take a lot after um, my sister takes after some, my dad takes a lot after. We don't look necessarily like him the way dad's brother does, but... We have a lot of the same quirks and, and traits and things, but the question came up is how would he have kept himself organized? None of us know. And so we had to stop and think about that for a little while. And, uh, you know, there's probably going to be some family archaeology going on when my, my parents are currently doing a religious tour of Germany and the the places where Luther did Ooh, his Are they thing. going to Wittenberg? Um, I think that is one of the stops. I've got their itinerary. But they, they end in Berlin. So I told them to drink all the beer and eat all the worst because mm, worst. worst. And but when dad gets back, I'm going to have to sit down and say, hey, how did my grandfather keep himself organized? Now I mean, he probably curious. had a secretary. 
Yeah, but he didn't he didn't have a secretary to manage him after he retired. Mm-mm. And they traveled the world and he had all of his he had side projects. He was still learning and playing with audio equipment when he was 80. Right? He was still Poking. You say that like it's it's commendable or strange when I know perfectly well. It may be commendable, but I know perfectly well when you're 80, you're going to be like, I just got this new thing that is controlled by a boysenberry pie. Yeah, and and that's the thing is even into going to be wiring the chicken coop for wheelchair access. And he, but even at the end of his life, he had that curiosity, he had that drive, he had those projects going on. Right. How did he keep track of all of that? And now dad has said that my grandfather had a photographic memory, Mm -hmm. which certainly I don't. And And people with true photographic memories, it has to be said, often complain about how cluttered their brains get. Right. Just because you have an infinite archive doesn't mean you have any catalog. And that's where the like the memory palace techniques come in and all of the mnemonics and stuff so that you can migrate around it and find things instead of having a big big pile of memories. So it, it would be interesting to find out how he how he kept track of things. I mean, because if he did it all in his head, I am in awe. And there's really not much else I can say beyond that. I am in awe. I, I, there, there are many ways where the man was very admirable. And, uh, you know, there are definitely parts of his life I, I only aspire to emulate. <laughs> anyway, that much being said, our badge code for this week, since we issue open Mozilla Open badges, is FAMILY. And you can take that word, family, you can type it into the little box at the bottom of most of the pages on productivityalchemy.com, and you will receive the episode 56 badge, which you can then take to other sites that support open badges. We use Credly as a backend, but you can certainly download them from Credly and put them in your Mozilla backpack if you have that, or Fedora has support for them, all sorts of things like that. It's really cool. And so that's that's pretty much it. You got anything else for this week? Uh, you can support us on Patreon at Ursula V. You can, that pays for this podcast, the Hidden Almanac, KUEC, uh, for you know uh, free books that you get on Patreon, which all my self published stuff you get free if you subscribe there. For weird random side projects that do not have an immediate return, but which mm-hmm. you know helps keep us going. We are very very grateful. And uh, you can buy Kevin a coffee at Kofi, that is K-O-F-I. I believe you are K-Sunny. I am. Uh, there's an E at the end. K- K-S-O-N-E-Y. Two N's. Yeah, I was close. <laughs> we've only been married, what, five years? Five years. I've, yeah, yeah we've been together ten. ten. Yeah, I figure another five to ten, you'll you'll have it all hammered in. When's my birthday? I don't... Wait, no, never mind. Don't say that. That's, that's No, I know this one. Okay. Because I have to keep telling the pharmacist whenever I go to pick up your meds. <laughs> and it took a while. And I was like, oh, I think it's this. And they would check. They're like, no. I'm like, all right, is the year this? Yes. I'm like, yay! I have the worst girlfriend. <laughs> so, anyway. Anyway. Thank you all for listening. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. We look forward to coming back next week. And y'all, stay productive. I have a bouncy ball. You do. It's the best.